Good morning, folks. Welcome aboard the Hot Mess Express. It is Friday, November 25th, operating from <laughs> operating from a makeshift studio somewhere in North Carolina. What's up, James Driscoll? What's up, John? If I could get a little audio check before we get going, I've got um, a mic'd up over here. Uh, I don't have access. This is old school throwing it throwing it back with the uh, old school layout, the old school intro. Uh, the old school audio. Let me know if you can hear me. What's up, BSEC? Good to see you. Good morning, Cyber Munchkin. Guys, welcome. It's episode number 248 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing my expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, especially if you're having to work today, the day after U.S. Thanksgiving. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we've got you covered. But before I get into that, I am going to take a good slug off my coffee because I'm still recovering from the the pantsing that my New England Patriots suffered last night on um, the late night NFL game. Before we get into it, I do want to share with you the stream sponsors because even in a makeshift studio, we get it done. What's up, Sierra Doyle? How you doing? That's unfortunate. Good morning. Don't forget to hit the like button. Hey, Alfredo. Good to see you. Tracy Osborne. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Samuel. Guys, let me do this really quickly. Want to give some love to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. I do want to point out, if you guys don't know this, um, you can go to the on their website. You can go and just scroll down and get a meeting with Eric. Guys, this isn't even like a joke. Like normally during the holidays, especially like right now, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, um, most organizations, the senior people take the days off because it's their holidays and they want those days. And junior analysts, skeleton crews are left to man or woman the, the, the operations. And threat actors know this and they will go after you on those days. So now more than ever is a good time to just set up a meeting with Eric Taylor and just have a conversation about, hey, if we got popped on Christmas Eve, what, what would that look like? right? So something to give consideration for. I will check out chat in just a minute. Um, I want to say shout out and thanks to Recon Infosec, it, Recon Infosec also. I do love both of these companies and appreciate the support. Recon Infosec's managed detection and um, response offering, their MDR, if you've heard that term before, it includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size, any size. That means like a 15 person company, a 50 person company, a 5,000 person company. It scales. MDR is very, very scalable. Their MDR service includes fully managed SIM and SOAR and customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the Recon InfoSec SOC team. Guys, if you need help, like seriously, if you need real information security help, like <laughs> if hope is currently your strategy, you may want to consider getting up with Recon InfoSec and just having a conversation with them about what it would look. You, you basically get time shared security operations staff 
who don't just throw alerts over the fence back to you, but they actually work incidents and handle, um, you know, triaging alert, uh, false positives, um, your EDR solutions and stuff like that. So recon infosec is really cool. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the daily cyber threat brief is worth half a CPE. So it stacks two and a half a week, 10 a month, uh, only two this week. Cause, uh, rarely, uh, yesterday was not, uh, an episode, uh, on Thanksgiving had to, had to, had to give a day to myself there and to my family. Um, but it stacks. Be sure to say what's up in chat. I see BSEC. I see 50 of us here on a Friday morning following Thanksgiving. Hey, Marcus Miller, Liam, good to see you. Guys, just say what's up and you can track your CPEs and get, you know, close to uh, 40 a quarter. Uh, and, and basically most, most certifications require 120 every three years. So 40 a year. You, I'm telling you with Simply Cyber's daily cyber threat briefing, you can absolutely destroy any CPE requirements. And by the way, um, if you, if you haven't had a cert for a long time or you haven't got one yet, Believe me, CPEs suck. They're annoying. You usually wait till the end of like your, your cert's about to expire and you're like, oh my God. And then you have to watch a bunch of webinars that you don't care about. I'm telling you, <laughs> doing it this way is far better. Trust me, trust me, trust me. All right, if you're here live, love it. Thank you so much. I see 58 of you. I'm, I'm really surprised. I wasn't sure what kind of audience we'd get today. Um, many of us have the day off. Um, you know, a lot of us are sleeping in on the day after, uh, big turkey meals and big football, but I do appreciate all of you being here. 62 of you as of right now, we are going to make this work. If you're watching on replay, thanks for catching the stream again, please uh, grant me some grace. I'm sure there's some echo with my audio. Um, you know, I took a picture and posted it on discord of the hot mess express, which is what I'm calling this. Uh, remote studio right now. I've got some some uh, key lighting over here. I've got my Rode uh, mic. So hopefully the audio is good. Hopefully the uh, video is good. I want to give a shout out to Base Case who had this flag made. Um, I haven't had a chance to preview it for you all in the past, but now um, I can because it makes sense. So love it. Audio's decent. Okay. So, hey, before we get into the news, oh, oh, by the way, you're in for a real treat too, because there is no CISO series podcast today. So I've got maybe, you know, seven or eight stories that I've curated. I have not looked at them in advance. Okay. And I'm going to be reading them as the podcaster and then responding as uh, Jerry. So we'll see how it goes. Hey, Mark Lester. Good to see you. Hey, Pamela. Yeah, exactly. What day's off? <laughs> hey, Doris. Good to see you. I'm glad the audio is good, guys. Um, running discounts. Yeah, we've got a couple discounts, guys. If you didn't know, uh, TCM Security is running 50% off all their stuff, including the GRC course, um, which is uh, give thanks is the coupon code. Uh, I'm an affiliate, but I, I don't have access to the affiliate code. So just go to TCM Security directly if you want to get the discounts. Um, Simply Cyber. Uh, the, um, I'll, I'll, I'll show you this really quickly and I'll show it during the mid roll, but like right now today only it's a black Friday special. So if you want like a uh, simply cyber shirt or team replay or, you know, hat, whatever, if you, if you are been wanting some of the simply cyber gear, it's 35% off today. I've said it on the show. You may not know this. I don't control the sales and the pricing of the shirt and merch stuff. Like it's basically a company that handles that. And I just upload logos and, and get it. So when I find out that they're running specials, I share it with you. So that'll be good. Um, we are going to have a good time today. Uh, I'm playing a little bit of music, but 
Um, I don't think that's really the important part. Plus my, <laughs> my computer sounds like it's about to take off the, the, the way the fans are going. It sounds like a drone that spun up. I have not added a zip up hoodie, but George, I'll make you a deal, George. I will go in right after this, um, right after this stream concludes and I will, I will add a zip up hoodie if there is an option for one. And then I'll post it on the discord server, if that's fair. Hey, Joel Belton, good to see you, good morning. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you do celebrate Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving, or even if you just take time to be with those you love, um, and just take a moment to reflect. Uh, I hope you did. I got to spend some time with my uh, aunt, uh, my aunt and uncle, uh, who are very important to me, uh, very influential in my life, helped me through some tough stuff. Uh, my boys are here with me, my family's with me. So um, yeah, I hope, uh, you know, cheers to everybody. I've had. This isn't my first rodeo, so I definitely doubled up on the coffee. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, wish me luck. Here we go. Um, mods, because I don't have extra monitors, everything's happening on my display, my computer display. I do have my, um, I do have Discord up on my phone. If, oh my God, phone. Um, I've got mod chat up on my phone in case something goes totally sideways as we're prone to do when we're operating uh, <laughs> loosed and fast. All right, here we go, guys. Here we go. Let's get ready. Let's get into the stream. I don't even know what to do with this. Um, okay. Here, let's get into the stream. I have no idea how this is going to go. All right. <clears throat> Today is November 25th. This is the news. Microsoft says attackers are hacking energy grids by exploiting decades old software. Microsoft has warned that malicious hackers are exploiting a discontinued web server found in common Internet of Things devices to target organizations in the energy sector. In an analysis, in an analysis published on Tuesday, Microsoft researchers said they discovered vulnerable open source component in the BOA web server which is still widely used in a range of routers and security cameras, as well as popular SDKs, despite the software's retirement in 2005. Microsoft said it's identified 1 million internet exposed BOA server components globally over the span of a one week period. All right, so here's the deal with that, guys. This, this BOA story has been happening all week. It was all week last week, it's it, like, and I, I was like mocking it. Remember this BOA web server went end of life in 2015 and I like lost my mind about, oh, by the way, the sound effects are gonna be manual. <laughs> the sound effects are gonna be manual today. Today's a, a special episode. So I flipped out and lost my mind about this BOA web server because who is running end of life software that went end of life seven years ago, right? I mean, it's one thing if it's like going end of life, like Windows 7 or something like that. And you're like, you know, we got 15,000 of these in our fleet. Like, let's, let's just push the fold a little bit. These BOA web servers, now it's coming out that they're in IoT devices, which isn't surprising because if you think about an IoT device, typically there's some like web administration, web administration panel that you need to log into to configure it. A lot of people don't think about that, but these light, these IoT devices need some way to administer them. And, you know, um, like Carl, <laughs> Carl isn't going to like plug in a console and, and like, you know, terminal into an IoT device, right? They want it to be wicked easy, wicked simple for 
any user to be able to ad administer. So they've got these web server panels. And unfortunately, you can't actually turn those web server services off quite easily because they're designed not to be. So I totally get it. I totally get it now if that is where those web servers are appearing. A couple things though. One, one, you should know, you should be able to scan your environment using a vulnerability scanner or an nmap. <laughs> like you don't need a fancy bone scanner to scan your environment and find these damn web servers, right? And then find out if you're exposed. The fact that <clears throat> Microsoft is able to say that, I think they said something like there's a million or eight million, definitely over a million um, of these internet facing vulnerable web servers still uh, as of uh, publishing of this is gross. So um, all I can say is, oh, hold on. Shot me a, hold on. Oh, okay, okay. All right, thanks. <coughs> music, <coughs> excuse me, music levels down. Here, I'm gonna do this, put my phone here. Okay, um, but here's the TLDR, right? At this point, all you can do is protect yourself. So please um, take a minute, scan your environment, and, uh, and by the way, sorry guys about the, the music. I, again, I, I'm, this is, <laughs> we're trying. Um, scan your own environment, make sure you're not running these stupid BOA web servers and have a good, uh, have a good day. You know what I mean? So, and thanks for the heads up on the audio. I didn't, I, I can't really hear it myself. So, uh, that's the deal. All right. Next story. <clears throat> Fake MSI afterburner targets windows gamers with miners info stealers. Oh wait, hold on. Where's the... Where's the story guy? Where's the story guy? There we go. Oh, bruh. Okay, come on. All right, here we go. Windows, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Windows gamers and power users are being targeted by fake MSI afterburner download portals to infect users with cryptocurrency miners and the red line info stealing malware. The MSI Afterburner is a GPU utility that allows you to configure overclocking, create fan profiles, perform video capture, and monitor or install graphic cards temp. While created by MSI, the utility can be used by users of almost all graphic cards. Mm, where's the interesting part? The tool's popularity has made it a good target for threat actors who are looking to target Windows users to hijack the machines. 50 websites impersonating the official MSI Afterburner site have appeared online pushing XMR miners. Okay. Here's the deal. All right. And then typo squatting domains, msi-afterburner.download. Okay. So this is actually a really good site. Okay. <clears throat> Be mindful of this guys, because, um, <clears throat> especially with the holidays coming up, if, if, you know, people are getting new hardware, new computers, new GPUs, um, so this is pretty, where's my coffee? This is actually pretty clever. Good morning, James Udakudo. Guys, uh, M, what's MSI? Okay, so it looks like when I saw MSI, I was actually thinking it was a Windows executable, um, but it's basically a company MSI, right? So here's the deal. A couple things. One, with graphic cards, modern computers, you can run the main CPU for processing and stuff like that, but because graphics are intense, um, 
Thank you, Microsoft Software Installer. That's what I thought it was. The way that they draw it in the picture, it looks like it's a, um, see how it says MSI, like it's the brand. So I was thinking it was a Windows uh, installer as well, but maybe it's both, right? Anyways, here's the deal. You can buy GPUs, which do just graphic and high intense, very specific type math. Um, NVIDIA's got a whole range of them, the GeForces, right? So out the door, they're configured to do okay, but you can tweak them, you can modify them. And you know, it's like anything else. It's like car, if you're into cars, people will mod them and, and, and get more horsepower and stuff like that different fan profiles to make it quieter, all this crap. Here's the thing, those GPUs are also quite powerful for crypto mining. And actually last year, two years ago, during the whole crypto boom, before people realized it was a freaking scam, you couldn't buy uh, GPUs easily, right? Because everybody was hoarding them in order to do crypto mining. Now, this is actually quite clever. People get these, um, these graphics cards, they want to see what's going on, especially if they're younger, right? I'm not saying all young people get the graphics cards. I have one myself, but, um, and I'm certainly not young, right? So, but they, they, they're like, oh, let me optimize the crap out of this thing. Let me go. Now, the, these fake websites that are hosting malicious versions of the um, software are, you know, pretty good named as far as like criminals go. They got these msi-afburner-download.site, msi-afburner-download.site, right? Like all of these sites look totally credible. And if you didn't know, if you're, you're like Carl, Carl, right? If you're Carl, then like, you're like, oh, just give me this thing. And it probably does launch. It probably does do something. But as they told you in the story, <clears throat> they're installing Redline Info Stealer, which is like super, super, um, commodity malware. It's a very, very popular uh, info stealer um, right now. So it steals creds, it steals wallets, it steals Discord tokens and um, session tokens and stuff like that. So you definitely don't want Redline Info Stealer on your machine. And on top of it, because it is a graphics card, because it can do crypto mining quite well, they're crypto mining on your device too. So you literally download this software in order to um, you download the software in order to optimize performance of your graphics card and actually you're you're throttling the crap out of it because you're freaking you're you're, you're turned into a crypto miner bot right so be mindful all i would say is if you know i wish that we had seen this story before thanksgiving dinner because this is one to share with your non you know cyber your non cyber family members you know um like i feel like my aunt kathy isn't getting like an nvidia geforce you know you know, uh, graphics card, but my cousin Jarrett might, you know what I mean? So it's definitely, um, make people mindful. Uh, exactly. Oh, okay. So yeah. XMR crypto mining. Ding! I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. We are doing guys. If, if you just got here, we are doing all the sound effects manually. I am doing the podcast completely manually. Um, I'm in, I'm in the, um, I don't know what this is, the hot mess express studio. <laughs> so we're doing, <clears throat> we're doing what we can with what we got. Okay. <clears throat> UK police arrest 142 in global crackdown on iSpoof phone spoofing service. <laughs> a, co <clears throat> a coordinated law enforcement effort has dismantled an online phone number spoofing service called iSpoof and arrested 142 individuals linked to the operation. 
The websites, iSpoof.me and iSpoof.cc, allowed criminals to impersonate trusted corporations or contacts to access sensitive information from victims. Among the 142 people arrested is the administrator of the website who has apprehended in the UK. Um, well, what's the actual impact here, buddy? The ultimate objective behind the social engineering scheme was to trick victims into revealing sensitive personal or financial information or transferring significant amounts of money uh, for financial gain. Okay. Okay, so obviously, first, first of all, right? First of all, Woo, woo, that's the sound of the police. Woo, woo, that's the sound of the police. Okay, so way to go, Europol. You guys know that I've got like a double-fisted um, situation for international uh, law enforcement cracking down on cyber criminals. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, so uh, like, I'm, I'm, guys, I don't know what stories are coming up. I literally just was like, click, 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 click. Okay, yeah, thank you, Cyberwigum. Good morning, Kimberly. Good to see you. Um, so, okay, so I don't know if Liam's asking this, but this is definitely a, a good question to ask. So spoofing, what is spoofing? Why would you do it? What are these criminals up to? Okay, so spoofing is a pretty common uh, term in the industry. Um, so definitely um, remember it. It is where you appear to be coming from somewhere or appear as something that is not. Typically with phones, that's where we see spoofing quite often. Phone numbers, like if you get a call and it says it's like, um, you know, your mother calling or whatever, and you pick it up and you're like, mom, you okay? And it's a criminal and they're like, hello, this is your mother, please transfer $4,000, right? Like obviously you're not gonna fall for that, but you can make a phone number look like anything. Now, you might be asking, why on earth is spoofing even legal? Like, why are we doing this? I worked in healthcare for a very long time. There is completely legitimate use cases for spoofing. For example, it's the weekend, you went in for surgery on Friday and your doctor really cares about you and wants to check in and just make sure that, you know, there aren't any complications, right? Totally you don't need to, but the doctor is a good doctor and she's like, hey, I'm just gonna call Jerry and find out, you know, how, how Jerry's feeling, okay? So doctor calls me, my phone rings and the phone number says it isn't the doctor's personal cell phone, even though they're calling from their personal cell phone. It says, it says, um, you know, like hot, like Medical University of South Carolina front desk. And I'm like, oh, I just had surgery yesterday. This is the hospital calling. Hello, this is Jerry. And it's the doctor. They're like, what's up? This is Dr. Sally. I just wanted to check how you're feeling. Oh, I'm feeling great. Thanks so much. Now the doctor doesn't expose their personal cell number because you can imagine if I was like, super needy i just keep blowing up the doctor's personal cell all weekend because like oh like you know i stubbed my toe oh i skinned my knee oh i'm hungry oh i'm tired like you see what i'm saying so there's a real legitimate use case for spoofing now having said that obviously criminals suck and what they do is they make it look like they're capital one they make it look like they're the bank they make it look like they're law enforcement uh courthouses hey this is jerry from the courthouse you missed your jury uh, date, you're gonna, we're gonna send police over to arrest you unless you wanna pay $500 in Best Buy gift cards. We're running a program right now for Black Friday where you can get out of jury duty uh, for $500 Best Buy gift cards. Go. You, you see what I'm saying? So um, it, it's this criminal organization actually was set up to, it, it almost was like a service for criminals, right? So they were selling spoofing services. I'm a criminal. I use them to hook me up and Interpol or Europol, took them out.
Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, so that's the story. Way to go. Uh, throw your chief Wiggums in chat if you can. BSEC brings up a point. Now they have technology. We have this. We have the sense of putting calling apps on your device. You don't need to spoof. It, it, exactly. I mean, there's all sorts of more modern technology, especially with COVID and remote workforce and telehealth. Um, everything kind of throttled up wicked fast. <clears throat> but um, if you've ever gotten a spoof call, I mean, guys, I don't even answer my phone if the number isn't recognized. Like, as far as I'm concerned, leave a voicemail and maybe I'll check it. And probably not. There's better ways to get a hold of me. But yeah, yeah. All right, guys, I'm, I'm thrilled. 93 of you in here today. Thanks so much for spending your Friday morning with me. Uh, this is the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, uh, the Hot Mess Express version. It happens once or twice a year. <laughs> Interpol, oh, another one. Interpol seized $130 million from cyber criminals in global Haichi 3 crackdown operation, which I will be referring to as Haihachi for the remainder of this story. Interpol on Thursday announced the seizure of $130 million worth of virtual assets in connection with a global crackdown on cyber enabled financial crimes and money laundering. The international police operation dubbed Haihachi transpired da -da -da -da, 975 individuals arrested. Holy crap. <laughs> oh man, that's a busy day. Um, the co this compromised two fugitives wanted by South Korea for their involvement in a Ponzi scheme, whatever. I, like, I want more information about the actual, what they're doing here. Um, another instance pertained to a call center scam based out of India, wherein a group of criminals impersonated Interpol and Europol to trick victims into transferring funds. Like I just said, with like spoofing, man. The illegal activity informed the victims that their identities were stolen and crime pertaining to narcotic drugs were committed in their name. Uh, in order to clear themselves of suspicion, the victims were compelled to transfer assets through bank transfers. Dude, are you serious, man? Uh, um, do, do, do. All right. This further law enforcement, the probe specifically singled out a wide range of online financial crimes, such as voice phishing, romance scams, sex extortion, investment fraud, money laundering, and illegal online gambling. Some of the emerging cybercrime trends uncovered include variations of romance scams. Operation Haihachi comes exactly a year after Interpol publicized the arrest of more than a thousand criminals and recovery of $27 million. Okay, you know what? Good. More, more good here. Let me do all the sound effects. Okay. So first of all, Chief Wiggum. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so that, first of all. Second of all, um, $130 million of virtual assets. I'm a crypto evangelist. All right, ding! I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, so check this out. Um, this is in a real, like, again, way to go. Like, I feel like this is Christmas come early for me, guys, honestly. Um, 975 people arrested, international uh, cybercrime rings. Yes, that's awesome. These people should be brought to justice. People should be afraid to commit online crime um, and be held accountable, frankly. It's it's gross what's going on. Now, they talked about sextortion. They talked about romance scams. They talked about illegal gambling. And then just straight up um, fraud where they're they're saying that they're, you know, the crime's been committed, they're law enforcement, and you have to pay uh, to get your name cleared, which I can't believe actually works. But you know what? If you scare someone, 
if you scare someone um, with with jail time or whatever, like actually, you know, real people who aren't afraid or who are trying to be law-abiding citizens, well then, you know, they'll make silly, rash decisions. Um, I do find this wild that they were in India and uh, Africa and South Korea and all these other countries. That's a, a massive, massive um, coordinated effort. Um, you know, just really quick, if you're not familiar, um, exactly, William Mayers, more scumbags in jail, the better. Exactly, dude, I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. Get like get get the buses warmed up. Let's get them on there and let's go. So sextortion, what is sextortion? It can be it can manifest in several different ways. You can um, you can compel someone to hey, like if you don't do the, like, hey, like you're going to like basic, right? Like, hey, like you miss jury duty and th this is going to be unbelievable that this works. But like, hey, you miss jury duty. Um, you know, like send nudes, right? And we'll like, and I'll let you off the hook, right? Cause I'm a, I'm a bad person. Uh, and then you actually send the nudes and then they say, Hey, I've got the news of you send more, or I'm going to expose the ones you've already sent me to your friends, family, employer, embarrass you, et cetera. And then it just, it's just a vicious cycle. And then you could start extorting the person where you're like, pay me money or I'm gonna expose these, send me more, or I'm gonna expose these, get your friends to send me nudes, or I'm gonna expose these, right? So it, it, it's a really vile crime, um, but it happens, okay? And then romance scams. If you're interested, there is a very, very good documentary on YouTube. Um, I think ABC News did it, but it's like a long form, like 25 minutes long, uh, of romance scams in the country of Ghana, G-H-A-N-A, -A, Ghana. Um, and it's, I mean, they have like a really mature program down there. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like, like a trade down there. Like, like, you know, if you're like looking to work or whatever, you can like apprentice into, um, romance scams. They've got scripts, they've got, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And they interview these criminals like live and like they, they show you all of their operation and how they do it and everything like that. It's pretty, it's pretty gross. So. Way to go for law enforcement, $130 million, that definitely hurts. Um, so I'm hope, hopeful that this continues to dismantle, um, I hope this continues to dismantle this level of crime because it's really gross. All right, let's see. Oh, okay, well, hey, all right, so they, like now for the mid-roll. And because we don't have the Sissa Series podcast, we don't have to listen to one of their commercials. So I just want to take a minute and thank everybody. I know that this is a uh, old school version of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I know it's about 75% of the quality that you normally get. The look feel is not as awesome as normal. The audio is not as awesome as normal. Um, the stories aren't as awesome as normal, uh, but this is me making it uh, as best I can given the circumstances that I have at this moment. Thank you to Recon Infosec and Barricade Cyber Solutions for their continued support of the stream. And thank you to the 88 of you who are here right now, hanging out, chilling, uh, and doing what we're doing. I do wanna remind everybody if they're interested, purely if they're interested, if you want, Simply Cyber merch, if this is something that you've been into, I love Ness, Cyber, Coffee, Carl, and Audio, and then the classic Simply Cyber shirt that I'm actually wearing right now, coincidentally. Um, right now, it, everything in the store is 35% off, and I will be looking um, for a zip-up hoodie right after this for George Strasberger. Um, oh, thank you, Terrace. 
I appreciate that. Thanks, Gaming with the Cat. Crooklyn Steve, <laughs> I appreciate that. Go to simplycyber.io slash merch um, if you're interested in this um, deal. Let's get back to the news. New Windows Server updates cause domain controller freezes restarts. Microsoft is investigating LSAS memory leaks caused by Windows Server updates released during the November patch Tuesday that might lead to freezes and restarts on some DCs. LSAS, short for Local Security Authority Subsystem Service, really just rolls off the tongue, is responsible for enforcing security policies on Windows systems and it handles access token creation, password changes, and user logins. If the service crashes, logged in users immediately lose access to Windows accounts on the machine and they're showing a system restart error followed by a reboot. LSAS might use more memory over time and the DC might become unresponsive and restart. Um, let's see, one second. Redmond says that out-of-band Windows updates pushed out to address auth problems on Windows domain might also be affected by this. How do you fix it? Oh, Microsoft is working on a resolution and say it will provide an update. Well, this is gross. Oh, <laughs> how convenient. Just keep scrolling and you get the fix. Work around available. Until a fix is available, uh, the company provides a temporary solution to allow IT admins to work. What's the workaround? Uh, requires admins to set the full pack signature registry key to zero. Okay, hey, I'm going to put this in chat. I'm going to put this in chat really quick, guys. Um... Here we go. I don't know if you guys can get that, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay. Basically what's happening is, um, you know, Windows machines, patches come out first Tuesday of the month, it's patch Tuesday, no big deal. And apparently there are some domain controllers where there's a memory leak. So real quick, a memory leak is when, you know, like services and processes, uh, running programs, right? I'm trying to make this as um, basic as possible. They consume system resources, right? So like when you look at like, oh, my machine's sluggish and you pull up task manager and you look at like consumed memory and stuff like that. Well, they grab a certain amount of memory. Well, every once in a while, if it's not written right or it's not tested right or whatever, it will grab a little bit more memory, grab a little bit more memory. It's not that it necessarily needs the memory, but the process or the program thinks it needs more or it's just iterating over like, oh, grab memory, start process, grab memory, start process. This is a memory leak. And obviously if you, you know, if you go, like, if you go take a piece of pie and shove the pie in your mouth, and then you're like, oh, I'm supposed to go get a piece of pie, eat a pie, eat a pie, eat a pie. Yes, you have a bellyache, but also at some point you'll have eaten all the pie. There will be no more pie, we will be sans pie, okay? In this case, pie is memory. And if you consume all the memory, when you go to grab more memory and there's none there, the system is going to fit, like the process is gonna fail. And if it's a critical one, like LSAS, it could cause uh, cascading problems. Which it, which it does in this case, right? So the domain controller basically takes a crap on itself and it, it, in order to save itself, it restarts. Like that, it, it's basically like hitting the panic button, right? Like, oh, hits the panic button, restarts. Well, this obviously causes problems. They also said that the LSAS, if the LSAS fails, it'll immediately log people out of their Windows accounts, which, blow, uh, which totally stinks because obviously this impacts end users. Um, 
So there is a workaround. I posted it in chat. You basically just change a registry key value to zero, um, which is a pretty easy workaround, but stay tuned for a patch on this guys. Um, and, and it'll basically, they'll either be an out of band, they'll either be an out of band patch or realistically, we're pretty close to Tuesday, um, December's patch Tuesday. So they'll probably push it into, um, December's roll up patch. If this was like, if, if everybody was having this problem, like, like hundreds of thousands of networks were, were taking a crap because their domain controllers were failing, Microsoft would prioritize this, but right now it seems like it's not a, not a widespread issue. Um, so, you know, do what you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, VSEC says hopefully they got someone other than a junior putting the patch in. Yeah, you do want to be, so guys, I will point this out, um, and VSEC brings up an interesting point. Uh, during the holidays, you would be bring, you, you might be running on a, uh, skeleton staff or junior staff, um, as senior people like flex their seniority and take uh, time off to spend with family. The domain controller is not something you want to mess with. It's not really, it's not really a, 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 a big resource consuming server, but it is a very, very important system in your network, right? Most networks are windows networks, right? Like I'd say like 95% of networks worldwide are windows networks and they all run a DC, right? You can have multiple DCs and stuff like that are domain controllers. So you don't want to mess with it, right? If you're applying patches and stuff like that, you want to do it in a coordinated fashion. You don't want to patch all your DCs at the same time in case, <laughs> in case it fails. Cause you don't need that happening, right? You, so that now we're getting into like proper patch management and how you roll patches out and stuff like that. So anyways, just be mindful of this. Be mindful. There's a workaround. If you're experiencing odd uh, DC uh, restarts and stuff like that, it's probably related to this. And if you are haven't applied your November patches yet, then I guess you backed into being okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling. New Ransom X ransomware variant rewritten in the Rust programming language. You like my announcer voice, by the way? <laughs> okay. Um, this looks like the ransom note for these people. Um, the operators of Ransom X ransomware have become the latest to develop a new variant fully rewritten in the Rust programming language following other strains like Black Hat, Hive, and Luna. The latest version, dubbed Ransom X2 by the threat actor known as Hive0091, is designed to run on the Linux operating system, although it's expected a Windows version will be released in the future. All right. Um, let's see what else they got in here. Um, malware written in Rust often benefits from lower AV detection. And that may be the primary reason they're using that language. Really? Mm, okay. Um, RansomX functionality is similar to C++ predecessor. It takes a list of target directories to encrypt at the command line. Once executed, it recursively goes through each of the specified directories, encrypting with AES-256 and dropping a ransom note. All right, here's, here's the thing. Couple things here. Ransomware is ransomware is ransomware. Now th this threat actor group rewrote their ransomware um, from C++ to Rust. Now, they said it has lower AV detection. I, I don't think that's why they did it. Dude, you wouldn't, like, th the freaking language it's written in doesn't have any, like, 
I don't know. Correct me where I'm wrong. This is where I'm going to disagree and, and put my, my, put myself out there as a professional. The programming language doesn't have anything to do with AV detection, right? Like you compile it, it gets compiled period. End of story. Unless rust is some interpreted language and you're dropping scripts on, but I, I, I suspect it's an inter uh, it's a compiled program. So the AV doesn't look at the freaking source code. It looks at the behavior of it. So rust in this case is doing the same thing it was doing before it, uh, gets on, it takes, um, what directories is a command line argument and recursively iterates over them, encrypting them with AES 256. Okay. So it does the same things it does before. The only reason, dude, that's a, that's a lot of effort to rewrite the damn ransomware in a different language. It's not AV. The only reason I would think is, is because it's faster. Rust is, Rust executes way faster. I haven't done any performance or benchmarks or anything like that. I have heard it's much faster. So my suspicion is that by switching to Rust, they're able to iterate and get uh, encrypt more files faster than modern ransomware prevention uh, techniques allow. Because a lot of rants, so you might not know this, but like a lot of ransomware security technologies now are monitoring file systems. And if they start seeing encrypt, 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 encrypt. Like if they start seeing a ransomware behavior, they will intercept that process and kill it, or they'll intercept um, where the, like the files are and, and, and make it so that it can't, they can't be changed, right? There's a couple different techniques for handling ransomware, but that's how it goes. Now, it does take a moment for the system to identify that ransomware is detonating and then do something about it. With a faster language, I mean, it's just, it's just speed, right? So like, if it's like ding, 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 intercept, if it's ding, you can't intercept it, right? So that, to me, that's the only reason why Rust would do that, okay? Uh, or that's the only reason you'd put in the effort to rewrite it in Rust. I'll go back and look at chat. If somebody, um, yeah, okay, so Joel Belton says Rust is a quick language. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone wants to disagree, I'll go back and look at chat, whether or not Rust has lower AV detection. I, I think that that's absolute puppycock um, and not not accurate. So, okay, let's keep rolling. Google pushes emergency Chrome update to fix eighth zero day in 2022. Google has released an emergency security update for the desktop version of the Chrome web browser addressing the eighth zero day. High severity flaws tracked to CVE, you know, heap buffer overflow in the GPU. And this guy right here. Uh, Google is aware that an exploit exists in the wild. Okay, that's uh, newsworthy. As users need time to apply the security update on their Chrome installation, Google has withheld details about the vuln to prevent expanding its malicious exploitation. Um, in general, heap buffer overflow is a memory vuln. Uh, resulting in data being written. Yeah, everybody knows that. Uh, um, Chrome users are recommended to upgrade to version 1070534124 for Windows and Mac. Okay. Okay, here's the deal with this. Couple things. One, don't do it now because we're all hanging out in stream here, but um, either set your Google Chrome to auto update or take a moment after the stream ends and update your Chrome. E educate your end users to update their Chrome. Two things, one, they said it's a high high vulnerability heap overflow. Um, I don't know 
Um, I don't know if it they didn't they didn't get into the details of if it um, if it like like what is the impact? Can it execute its system privileges? Can it take over your Chrome browser? Can it iterate? Can it get down into the operating system? It didn't it didn't get into those details, but they did say that there's an exploit out in the wild, which is concerning, right? A vulnerability is just a weakness. My front door can be unlocked, and that's a weakness, but no one's walking into my house, right? Now, if there's somebody actively in the neighborhood walking around trying doorknobs, um, well then now, you know, there's someone's out there. Um, well, actually that's not really an accurate metaphor. Um, okay, so my doors, my front door is locked, right? Um, and, that, and that's fine, no big deal. But then there's reports that people in the neighborhood have had their door locked, but someone's walking around picking the door locks. Okay, so now we know for a fact that there is exploitation in the wild. There is an elevated risk of the compromise occurring, which means it's a more priority of getting these things updated. Now, if you have centralized management, if you're pushing out images to your end users, um, fix the image to have the Chrome updated, obviously. If you're, you know, just, you know, kind of, if you're home for the holidays and you also happen to be IT, for IT support for your family, which many of us are, um, just take a minute and update the Chrome. Okay, guys, we don't want we don't want anyone getting exploited by this. We don't know how widespread it is um, right now, but Google is saying uh, obviously Google's keeping it quiet. The, the fact that Google's not sharing a lot about this vulnerability leads me to believe that this is a vulnerability that is relatively easy to exploit. Okay. Typically, the more sophisticated ones, they'll share more information because they're like, there's no way in hell someone's going to get this before we uh, send out the patches and stuff like that. But uh, that aside, you know, Google Chrome is used by a lot of people. I use Google Chrome. You know, the more the more adopted a technology is, the more likely threat actors are going to target it. It is called return on investment. If I spend a ton of time making malware run on Windows, I'm going to get to use it a lot. If I do a ton of time to make malware that runs on CentOS, you know what I mean? I'm not going to get as much value out of that, right? It's basic, it's basic economics, right? So Chrome's used by quite a bit and that's, that's the deal. Yeah, exactly. TLDR. Now, uh, I do, I do want to mention I'm doing all the sound effects today. So yeet, um, you can yeet your Chrome for Brave as BSEC has mentioned here in chat. All right, final story, y'all. Um, hold on, do we already read this story? Oh yeah, this is another, um, this is like the same story we already read, so I'm not gonna read that. Um, really quickly, I do want to share with everybody on December 2nd, December 2nd, so a week from today, he says questioning himself. <laughs> I think it's a week from today. A week from today at 4.30 p.m., please join us. Uh, I am starting a new program, a new show. Uh, it, it'll be either, I think it'll be once a month. Um, and it's going to be called Simply Cyber Office Hours or Simply Cyber After Dark or Simply Cyber Happy Hour. We're going to decide on this show what the name of the episode is. But basically, here's the here's the uh, the deal of this show. It's going to be super relaxed. It's going to be like this version of Jerry. We're going to have guest hosts 
uh, like recurring hosts, like BSEC's gonna be there, Jack Scott has agreed, uh, we'll ha Base Case might be there, we've got a bunch of people, and it's gonna be super chill, and it's gonna be like a, uh, a talk show radio call-in program, right? So we'll be on there sharing our hot takes, and then you guys will make uh, part of the show as well. So we'll have it set up. You can jump in, give your hot take on whatever it is you wanna give a take on, we'll drop you, and then uh, we'll bring in another person, they can give a hot take. We'll discuss the hot takes. We'll, we'll be talking, like, let's talk about, I don't know, like, let's talk about ransomware, or let's talk about threat actors, or let's talk about IoT devices and why they suck right? Whatever it is, we'll be talking about a topic. And if you have a take on that topic, we want to hear it from you. Uh, it'll be like a call in, except it'll be different. Okay. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, and I hope you do too. Um, I want it to be chill. Plus also in that first episode, we will be defining what the name of the show is. Um, so very much a community driven thing. Uh, all right, guys. So that's going to do it for the episode. If you were here just for the news, and the manual sound effects, I genuinely appreciate it. I hope you got value out of the stream. Um, hit, hit, hit thumbs up if you want or not, it's okay. Um, I'll be in my uh, normal studio on uh, starting Monday next week, back to, back to life, back to reality. Uh, but if you wanna hang out for a minute, I'd love to just chat with everybody. I wasn't able to really watch chat um, as I was producing the show, um, and we'll see what's up. Hey Adam, good to see you. Uh, history of cybersecurity, that can definitely be a lot of fun. Phantom 89X only lands. Uh, what was the question BSEC asked? Um, gonna have a party next Friday, yes we are. Um, wonder if it's just Chrome or Chromium based browsers there for Edge as well. That's a good question BSEC. Uh, let's take a look and see if the story actually covers it. Chromium, no there's no, there's no instance of the word Chromium. Is there a CVE for this thing? Yeah, here, let's just check this. This is how I would do this, by the way, if you want to see my methodology. Um, they don't have a score yet for it, which means like, yeah, th I mean, there's really not much to it. Um, it says Chromium security vulnerability high. Um, yeah, this looks like it does affect Chromium. So good question, BSEC. Let me zoom in on this baby. There we go. All right. Great job with the sound effects today. Thanks, John Bruno. I appreciate it. Awesome show today, always. Thanks, Dr. Ogier in the community. Jim Wales, thank you, man. It's it's good times. Uh, if I missed a sound effect, I'm sorry. Oh, Kimberly, straight cash, homie. I should I should have dropped a, a Randy in there. I'm sorry, Kimberly. Always uh, always thinking of you uh, when I'm dropping the the Randys. I hope you guys, uh, any, uh, any black Friday deals anyone knows about that's worth sharing. I mean, I'm not big on the black Friday stuff, but it is interesting. Great show today. Thanks Anisha Sanders. Thanks Casey. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate that. Do you remember like guys like 10 years ago, black Friday used to be like, uh, like insane, insane. Like people would go out at midnight. People were getting trampled at like Target and Walmart. Like, I'm so glad we've gotten away from that. It, it, it's funny that Black Friday starts in like October now and it basically runs for a month. But I do appreciate that people don't get hurt anymore because that was really bad back then. AirPod Pros are on sale. Oh, that's good. I don't like my AirPods. I have AirPods. I try to use them. I want to use them because I think they're cool, but they suck. 
that's that's my my personal take on it. IT Pro TVs 45% off. Dang, Matthew Dimmick. I talked to Daniel Lowry. I was on IT Pro TV a couple weeks ago as a guest. Um, and Daniel Lowry told me he actually just wrapped up a reverse engineering IoT devices course on IT Pro TV. And he told me what was in the course. And I was like, shit, like I want to do that course. It sounds cool. It's like hardware hacking and stuff. No starch presses having a Black Friday sale. Jenny Housley, let's no starch press, Black Friday. Let's look at that really quickly because I like no starch press quite a bit. Um, 35% off with ho uh, code Holla Deals. I like that. I like that. Guys, um, you know who's got a no starch press book? Um, social engineer, oh, Joe, Joe, Joe Gray. This one right here, yeah, Joe Gray's book. This guy right here, I might buy this book, y'all. This guy's legit. He's a legit, legit OSINT guy. He runs the OSINTion. Um, but anyways, th I recommend this book. I, I might buy this. Thanks, Jenny Housley, for the uh, recommendation. Thanks, Lucy Samuel, my pleasure. Hey, Alfredo. Yeah, I used to do all my shopping on Black Friday and get it done in a day, that's right. Displate has a nice sale going. I'm not familiar with Displate, what is that? Displate? Metal posters? Oh, holy crap, look at this. Dang, son. <laughs> wow. Holy crap, that's, oh wow, oh, oh my God, oh my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. I, I don't know, I kind of like the, the monkey looking, uh, this one, this is kind of funny. Grumpy cats in here. It wasn't a hot mess, good stream today. Oh, thanks BSEC, I, I, I tried to make it the best I could. Um, did you hear about Hackers Arise? Question. Occupy the web has good books to, for Black Friday. Hackers Arise? Question. My pleasure, Shane Himes. Good to see you. What are your top three best cyber books to read so I can rack up on Black Friday? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, it depends what you're into, but I will say, um, well, okay. So a couple things. One, uh, Nicole Pellroth's current book, this is how they tell me the world ends um, is really good. This is how they tell me the world ends cyber weapons race. I'm currently reading this right now. Um, I'm currently reading this. You can see I bought it on the third. Um, this book is fantastic. Okay. This book is really, really fantastic. It's true. It's written like a spy thriller. That's really good. Um, you know, another seminal one, uh, Cuckoo's Egg by Cliff Soul. This one's right here is really good. Um, th this Cuckoo's Egg. This is a true story, also um, written like a thriller. And then, as far as a, you know, another book that I this is like kind of a a, um, a sleepy pick, right? Um, but I love this book. Okay, it's a textbook. My wife thinks I'm insane because it's a it's a textbook, and I love this book. But this is called Principles of Fraud Examination. It's a textbook, but it literally is a complete... Joseph Wells, if Jim Lund's in chat, he'll know what I'm talking about. J 
Joseph Wells is considered like the certified fraud examiner uh, in the industry. And this book right here walks you through every single version of fraud that there is to commit. Like not just computer fraud, but like financial fraud. Every, every conceivable way to do it. And for every form of fraud, the, the book itself has like three or four real life case studies of when that fraud was detected. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, building a second brain. Oh my God. So yeah, guys, <laughs> um, Diego Forte's book, building a second brain. You're going to see, <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to see purchased on whatever date, right? Oh, I guess I, I definitely have bought this. I, I guess I didn't buy it through Amazon. This book is in my library. This book is awesome, but this is a book on how to structure your life it, with data, right? I use this methodology. Um, a lot of people use this methodology. Um, the reason that I'm able to like pull, pull stuff, pull examples, pull case study, um, do move fast. Like a lot of people ask me, how do you, how do you do so much crap? Like, how do you, how are you, how do you accomplish all this crap that you do? Like, one of the reasons is because I use this method in order to organize everything. So I have quick access to stuff all the time. It's really cool. Uh, sandworm is on my, uh, sandworm is on my, uh, reading list, but I haven't, I haven't got to it yet. Um, Joe Wells, retired FBI agent. Yeah. Jim Lund knows what's up. It's, it's it, the principles of fraud examination isn't for everybody, but for me personally, I am not really good at thinking like a criminal. Um, yeah, I'm almost a conformist, right? So being able to read how to commit fraud is actually really fascinating to me because it, it, it it's eye-opening. It makes me think in creative and novel ways and understand how people went from A to B to X uh, and, and do that. So that's why I enjoy it. Uh, again, l much love to Base Case for this flag. Like Base, I totally appreciate it if you, if you see this. Uh, is PhD dissertation available for people to read? Absolutely. Let me pull that. I'll put it in uh, chat. Um, the title of my dissertation was, um, um, flashlight in a dark room. Uh, Osier. Yeah. Here's my dissertation. If you guys want to read it, uh, I got a PhD for it. <laughs> Let me uh, drop it in chat here. Um, I, I do want to, uh, say 921 people have downloaded it. That's pretty cool. Thanks guys. Here's my chair, Kyle. I did get it from Dakota state university. Um, and for those of you who know me, um, like I love the midnight in my, like in, in, when you write a dissertation, typically you write like a thank you page at the beginning. I thank my wife, obviously I thank my wife. And then I thank the midnight. Uh, I, I listened to a lot of the midnight dude, getting a dissertation is a very lonely, a very hard journey. Um, like the PhD, the classes aren't, I mean, the classes are hard, but they're not like, it's like a master's. It's just, you just do the work and you get it done and you move on. The dissertation took me 18 months to write and it is incredibly lonely, like lonely. 
uh, and only you can help yourself. Um, that's why a lot of people don't finish the dissertation. They're, those people are called ABD, all but dissertation. A lot of people will finish the coursework and then fail to complete the dissertation um, just because it's so, so, it's so um, emotionally, it, it's, it's hard guys, it's very hard. The guy from Hackers Arise needs to update the Linux basic for Hackers book. Hey Kim, really good to see you. Uh, Cybersecurity Central has a really good book list on their website under resources. Let's go look, shall we? Cybersecuritycentral.org. Great organization, guys. If you don't know about Cybersecurity Central, go check it out. Kimberly and the gang over there, they do wonderful work. Let's find out where these books are. Do, do, do. InfoSec books. Oh, come on. Yes, look at this. Cybersecurity Career Master Plan. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> That's a book I wrote with uh, Jack Scott, John Helmus, and Kim Wynn. Uh, very proud of that book. There's actually, guys, spoiler alert, there's an audible version of that book coming out um, probably in early 2023. Yeah, n natural me. Um, I'm assuming based on your comment, you have a, a, a doctorate also. You definitely understand. Um, oh, I see your comment here. Earn my doctorate as well. Yeah, natural knows. It's, it's, it's. It's, it's worth it. It's very rewarding when you get it because you put it, it, it's like anything else. You put in a lot of yourself and when you finally achieve the goal, it's, it, it's, it's relief, it's exhilarating, it's accomplishing. It's a very difficult challenge. So it's a, it's a test of yourself. Oh, Kimberly, I should have gone right to this page. You've got all the ones that I'm uh, talking about here. Open source techniques. That's a really cool book. Um, pen tester blueprint corporate fraud by Joe Wells dude this is what a great list what a great list and then look at all these youtubers this is so cool what a great resource guys cybersecuritycentral.org come check it out this is a great resource Jenny Housley thanks for the work you do with cybersecurity central uh, to James Driscoll yeah James Kimberly uh, there's a whole bunch of great people who are uh, supporting it um, Countdown to Zero Day is fantastic. Right there, Stuxnet. Yeah, you guys can get, I know another seminal work that I've been told about, I haven't read it yet, is the Stuxnet report from, um, damn it. Uh, who is the, uh, Semantic? Is this it? Yes. So guys, this looks like a boring, a boring A report. I have been told by multiple people who are in the know that this semantic report was like what launched the investigation. Like this was like, this is comprehensive and fully explains how Stuxnet had like seven zero days and how it moved and everything like that. I'm gonna drop this in chat. Add this to your reading list and it's absolutely free. This is out there. If you Google Stuxnet semantic, it'll be the first one. I've been told that this is excellent. We need a running list of books, Dr. Jerry. Yeah, heck yeah. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah, audiobooks are good. I, I haven't gotten into audiobooks, but I do, I do, I, I think I would appreciate them. I just I don't know why. I, I read. Actually, you know what I'm reading right now? I can't I can't get it because it's um, holding the flag up, but you can see, you can kind of see it peaking. I actually got uh, V for Vendetta. The, um, 
it's like a little bit of, you know, whatever for me, but where is it? Let me see really quickly. I like the, I like the movie. Um, I like, yeah, I don't know why it says that. It doesn't say I bought it, but I, I, I like the movie and I heard people talking about it recently that they said that, you know, like everything else, the book is better than the movie and there's things that happened in the book that didn't include it. And I was looking for, I don't know, just something a little bit more entertaining you know, 99% of the time I'm doing something that helps me execute my job. But every once in a while, I like, you know, something that's on brand, but also entertaining. So this is more about authoritarianism, uh, revolution, etc. So, uh, you know, I, I'm reading that as all as well right now. Uh, what's up, Steve G? Um, Yulachua, absolutely, Yulachua. I don't know. Why? But when you said stucks, the first I heard was stonks. <laughs> yeah. Pump the stock. Pump the stock. Uh, Simply Cyber, what was the page you went to if you could if you could drop the URL? Um, are you like Steve? Are you talking about the um, the Stuxnet pa paper? If you're talking about the Stuxnet paper, there's the Stuxnet. If not, tell me in chat what you want. Oh, Cybersecurity Central. Yeah, no problem. Um, there we go. That's what I loved about Sandworm and it's written in an entertaining way. Yeah, that's the best part, guys. If you want to get some uh, adoption and, and some interest, you, you've got like you've got to write it in, in like a compelling way. And dude, like cyber stuff is so cool. Like it's it's easy to write it in a compelling way. Yeah, my, my pleasure, Steve. Good to see you. Drop these in Discord, too. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, you know, what's interesting. Um, Recon Infosec's Thursday Defensive, they, I don't know what technology they have, but like any URL that's dropped in chat, it, there's like a, there's like a software that's running that captures all of those and then we'll post them to Discord automatically. That would be really cool if we had that functionality. Oh, actually Grayson's Joke of the Day. I'm sorry guys. I do have Grayson's Joke of the Day if you're still with us. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Um, we had Thanksgiving dinner yesterday and Grayson brought a teddy bear to the dinner table and we, you know, we ate dinner and everything like that. And it was time for pie. And it was like, you know, Grayson, do you want some pie? He said, absolutely. And we said, Grayson, does your teddy bear want some pie? He said, no, he's stuffed. <laughs> uh, that was Grayson's joke. That was Grayson's joke, uh, of the day. He signed off on it. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Sorry I missed it for the for the main population of folks, but uh, that's Grayson's joke of the day. Now Dennis, a cybersecurity joke, huh? Um, I don't know a cybersecurity joke off the top of my head. Uh, but I mean, obviously there's the, the classic tech jokes, right? I, I tell you a joke about UDP, but you might not get it. That's always like my go-to one. Uh, Jenny Housley, you know, Jenny, I really, I, I really, so Jen, like, so guys, I played haiku uh, on stream last Monday and we did like 99% of a CTF or a, of a, a range and we didn't get the flag at the very end and Jenny got it right afterwards, but I, I still am frustrated that I didn't get that. Like, I don't know where it was, Jenny. Thanks, Chinadu. 
It is dad humor. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. I'll be driving driving back tomorrow. Um, we'll, we'll stay here today. We'll be driving back tomorrow. We have a we have a tradition in our family. Uh, we come here for Thanksgiving and then we drive back on Saturday. I go into the attic on Saturday night and pull all the Christmas crap down. And then Sunday is um, tree decorations. Like we basically Christmas buy our house and then we're off and running. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, just, just to give you guys some updates, uh, since, since we're hanging out, um, if you're interested, I'm going to tell you what's coming up for simply cyber guests, um, on the simply cyber live. So actually December 1st, I don't have a guest, which is surprising. Um, if you, if there's any guests you'd like, I could, I could try to track them down and like, like, like accessible guests. Like I've asked Jen Easterly, she's not returning my calls. Um, I've asked a couple other people, um, and I haven't heard back yet. Um, you know, I don't know. We could, we could do something. Um, but next Thursday, I don't have a stream, uh, on Friday, December, I mean, on Thursday, December 8th, we're actually having Brandon pool come on and he's actually like the title of his guest visit is your vulnerability management program sucks. And he's going to explain why your vulnerability management program sucks. And then he's going to actually explain how he fixes it. Okay. It's that's actually going to be a really fun stream on Thursday, December 15th. I'm having Bryson Bort on. If you guys don't know who Bryson Bort is, look him up. Um, he runs, uh, Scythe. He runs Grimm. Um, he is a OG kind of elder statesman of the information security community. You may recognize him. He's always wearing like a unicorn hoodie, uh, a hoodie with like a unicorn head on it. That's his kind of like, uh, um, not trademark, but that's like his, his thing, right? Like that's, that's, that's how people identify him. He's coming on. That's going to be like a fireside chat. The guy's been around a very long time. The guy knows an awful, awful lot um, of information security. I'm pretty sure he was like an advanced operator when he was in the military. So I'm super excited that that talk I booked out like three months ago, uh, and just recently confirmed it on Thursday, December 22nd, Mick Douglas will come on. Mick is a, you know, a senior Sands fellow. Um, he he's on Twitter. He's actually got a lot of hot takes. Um, love him. His, his personality, his attitude is awesome. On Thursday, December 29th, Alyssa Knight is coming on to talk about, you know, all sorts of great stuff, including a big, big reveal. You'll want to catch that guys. I've got some, like, I've got some juggernauts coming on Bryson Bort, Mick Douglas, Alyssa Knight. Like who am I? Holy crap. Um, starting the new year, January 5th, we're going to have Peter Huff, uh, which is a guy I met in Houston at a conference. Um, talking all about API security, right? So that's what we'll be doing on then. And then on December 12th, I mean, on January 12th, Evan Ottinger, who's the web dev at TCM security is going to come on and talk about actual like web development security and software security. I'm trying to be an equal opportunity, uh, podcaster here by covering the full spectrum of content. 
And then um, the final one I'll share with you, January 19th, we are having um, a talk with a guy named Ian who owns his own company, very smart guy. He teaches, he's, he's in a PhD program. The title of that show is gonna be Zero to Cybersecurity Startup in 90 Days. He's literally gonna tell us, if you have an idea for a startup and you're feeling entrepreneurial, he is gonna tell us how he went and got investor dollars, how he stood up his company, how he executed it, how he got staff. Like, so dude, if you are even considering starting your own business in the cybersecurity space, uh, Ian's gonna tell you literally exactly how to do it. That, that might be a show that I like record, cut up, and, and provide as a produced video because he's done it multiple times now. He knows exactly how to do it. So I'm super pumped about that upcoming show. Yeah, Aaron, I'm still streaming. I, like there's 60 of us in here. We had a good show and now I'm just kind of hanging out because it's the holiday. Everyone's over at Mastodon, that's right. What did the hackers, what did the hackers out of office? I should say gone fishing. That's great, that's funny. Uh, hold on one second. All right, uh, yeah, I'm still on Twitter. All right, guys, hey, let me let you go. I'm getting door knocks here. My kids are probably hungry for breakfast. I'm gonna go take care of them. It's been wonderful. Thanks for uh, catching the stream. Thanks for, uh, it, you know, with the grace of the diminished show. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the callback to the, the OG format and OG graphics. Um, be good, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Monday morning, 8 a.m. Cheers, everybody.